here, there, and everywhere. SAFM 106.1 FM in Durban North. All right, we continue our coverage of COVID-19 here on Life Happens until 3 o'clock and uh, every single possible angle we'll be looking at. So at this very point, we're going to be speaking to nurses. Lerato Mudimu is the president of the Young Nurses Indaba Trade Union. Good afternoon, uh, Ms. Mudimu, and uh, thank you so much for talking to us. Yesterday, you released a statement about your concerns about nurses that feel vulnerable at this time. In fact, there was a term that was used about nurses feeling like this is a death sentence for them. What's your position? Now, uh, hi, Melo. The surname is Madu Monot Mudimu. <laughs> I, will but, to, um, I will have to ask my producers to correct that. Thank you very much. Thank you so much. Yeah, you know, to be very honest, uh, currently being a frontline staff, being a nurse right at the forefront of every primary health care center, clinic and a hospital and you're the first line that people are going to come in contact and here you are you really don't have the resources to actually assist i'll I'll just focus on three things the first thing that the nurse has not been able to undergo currently is in-service training or any form of workshops as well as ensuring that we are competent to actually deal with this virus. Um, The information that the nurses have been privy to is the guidelines that are on the web, uh, social media and so forth, and that we are saying it's not sufficient. We know in our medical and nursing training that what is important is to make sure that a medical personnel, before they can attempt to uh, perform any form of skill, they are signed of competent. And currently, that has not been done with this particular pandemic. That's why when the minister said, we are ready, we said, whoa, you are ready. But us as frontliners, we still feel inadequate. So what, Secondly, what's, the, what's the plan then? I mean, that, that sounds to me like quite a serious situation. It is a sort of situation. I think we've taken the authorities up. We've gone up to even and uh, not not just the minister of health, but uh, uh, minister of labour. Yesterday we had those 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 talks. As a trade union, our efforts really are uh, cannot be enough because we can try and educate with with our members. The nursing population is vast. It's all over our country. And it is at this time more than ever that institutions were supposed to have at least performed drills. Every a, a professional should have been signed off from their own institutions. And even the regulatory body, SANG, would have taken a very in, a, a active role in ensuring that uh, the nurses really, where they are, they are confident, come what may, they know what needs to be done. So let, and me, you, let, me, let me ask you, I'm pushing because of time. Let me ask you this categorically hmm. from where you you sitting on the ground, Minister says we're ready, you saying, no, we're not ready. Look, we, we're not ready. I mean, just talking about protective clothing, we've checked with several of our clinics. They will tell you now we are in short of N95 masks. We do not have enough soaps for even the population that we are carrying in this clinic. The other clinic in the Western yesterday did not even have water and if they are on the third day without water and they were expected to run a clinic as per normal during this pandemic. It can't be normal. Um, we, 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 we are just running after and chasing after, after our tails. Some of the facilities actually went on and put money together to buy themselves thermal guns for their kids sure. because it, you can imagine the panic that is on the ground currently and uh, the, the government wants us to believe 
we are ready when we don't even have just protective clothing. Ms. Madiba, what, what now? What now? You are on the ground. You're concerned about your members. Nurses are our first point of contact as well. So where to from now if you are saying to us that you're not ready? The minister said you're ready, but you're telling us you're not. So what's the plan going forward? Look, we've proposed several uh, strategies that can be put in place. One of the things we've said Taking, you know, putting corona in every other facility will not help us. Quarantine is exactly that quarantine. Let's identify a place in the province, in, in different provinces, where these people are going to be. And it cannot be like a hospital like your, your, your Cheshire hospital, like CMJ, when other patients are all around. There's a high population in that hospital. Let's get one hospital. Let's demarcate it for, for corona. And let's have the staff demarcated for that, trained, protected, and, the, and the, the, it becomes a real quarantine spot. The, the numbers are spiraling. If we are going to try and treat it in every facility, in every clinic, we are simply going not to win. Ms. Lerato Marumo, president of the Young Nurses in uh, Indaba Trade Union, that's that's not comforting at all. We'll take your calls and reaction to that. 0114821510. Yes, you're calling us from Cape Town. Good afternoon. Yes, good afternoon. I think to combat this um, pandemic, we really need to put this country under complete lockdown. The number of people that are being allowed up to 99 doesn't make sense at all. Mm-hmm. No social gatherings should be taking place in order to flatten the curve mm-hmm. of the pandemic. And we need a strong fiscal stimulus to help support people who are unable to go to work. Yeah. We need a universal basic income that should be funded out of quantitative easing mm-hmm. where the Reserve Bank has to come to the party. This economy is at risk of economic collapse, already in a terrible recession. And to add this pandemic to our current economic world is going to be absolutely disastrous. So we've got to think outside the box here. And we've got to be very proactive and put steps in place to support people who are unable to go to work. We cannot allow them to either lose their jobs or to have no income at all. My concerns exactly. Won't, they won't even have the means to buy sanitizers or, or any uh, or food or even food. Yeah, yes, that, that exactly is my, also my concern around the economy and how we're going to survive all of this. Let me quickly take a call from the Consumer Goods Council. We've been trying to get hold of them and we finally have now got them. Ms. Matlo Sitati, who's executive uh, for the Food Safety Initiative at the Consumer Goods Council, joins us now on the line. A very good afternoon, Ms. Sitati. Thank you so much for making the time to talk to us. Good afternoon. Thank you for having us. Mr. Tati, we are seeing shelves are empty. People are not able to access simple basics like toilet paper. What remedies do we have in place for retailers who are taking advantage of the situation? Well, um, I must say we are urging consumers because all the panic buying is really affecting the supply of goods. And uh, retailers have said, have mentioned that they need assistance from the consumers so that we shop uh, responsibly and ensure that everyone has a share of the necessary goods that we need. Are, are, so, are we going to do more than just urging people? Are we going to have a system in place where, like in other countries like the UK, where there is a restriction on how many, for instance, toilet papers an individual can buy? Correct. Retailers have committed that they will be limiting quantities that people can buy of certain products. 
they'll continuously monitor consumer behavior and the needs and adjust and, and place in interventions as required. And also they're working closely with their suppliers to make sure that there is a continuous food supply. But you will start seeing already there are notices in, in some stores uh, in terms of where they will notify consumers this is how many items you can buy of a particular product. And as, as, uh, with regards to the actual retailers themselves, what measures do you have in place for people not to take advantage of the situation and hike up prices? Well, it, it, it would be unfortunate for people to do that. And we have seen some since we started with, with uh, getting out and getting the message out. Uh, consumers have reached out to us and we've, we've given them the information where they need to report these prices, where we have seen people hiking prices. And we do urge people that are or companies that are not necessarily CGCSA members to hit the call and not take advantage of this situation because it's, it's necessary um, items that they're actually um, increasing the prices on. Really so appre- that needs to really uh, stop. Thank you so much for making the time to talk to us, Ms. Matlo Satati, Executive for the Food Safety Initiative at the Consumer Goods Council of South Africa. That kind of brings us to the end of this show. It doesn't mean at all that SAFM stops covering COVID-19. We'll continue on this very same vein. Mashaba Mdole is up next, and uh, she'll continue to look at all sorts of things around COVID-19, as we will even tomorrow. Thank you very much for tuning in. And I do want to give you that number again, 11 Let's do this again tomorrow. It's three o'clock.